Amen. What a privilege. What an honor to be able to stand before you today. Who am I? Nobody that I've given the privilege. And God wants to say something through me. Let us bow our heads. Father, we thank you for this wonderful day that you have made again. Father, may you deliver your word, O oh God. For I have nothing in my mouth to say. But I solely depend on you to say something that we may hear, that we may understand, that we may be able to do. And your name will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. I thank Pastor for this opportunity to stand before you to minister word. Um, the, the topic of um, or the title of what uh, the message I will be delivering here uh, is called Obeying God Completely Without Holding Anything Back Obeying God Completely I am completely aware the pastor has spent three consecutive Sundays in August to talk about obedience, ministering um, on obedience to God. And the title, Just Obey God. Part one, part two, and part three. If you, have, if you, if you were not in the church for these three Sundays, please go to our po- I, um, podcast. Yeah? And then you will be able to get them powerful messages yeah, that God led us to let pastor to deliver to us. I am completely aware of this. We are pastor identified and showed us eight reasons why it is important to obey God. One, because Jesus calls us to obey. Second, obedience is an act of worship. Third, God rewards obedience. That's why there is need for us to obey. Obedience to God, number four, proves our love for God. Number five, obedience to God demonstrates our faith in God. Obedience to God is better than sacrifice. With which uh, Saul learned in a very bitter way yeah, that it is better to obey than sacrifice. Seventh, disobedience leads to sin and death. That is the reason why it is important for us to obey. Number eight, and the final reason that we learned from these messages is that through obedience, we experience the blessings of holy living, the blessings that Yes, these are wonderful teachings yeah, that uh, we learned through uh, the, 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 the sermon of that day. So the day pastor was informing me that I would minister today, I think it was around the end of September, beginning of this October, 
immediately he was tell, talking to me in the presence of uh, other um, um, pastoral support team members, what flashed to my mind quickly was that this, uh, this sentence, my people must learn to obey me completely. That was what flashed in my mind and I captured it. And then, when I started thinking about to develop this, particularly also yesterday evening that I started uh, to develop uh, the word to tell God, I told God, but pastor has preached about obedience. Why must it be again obedience? But God insisted that it must be obedient. Yes. Yes. God insisted that it must be obedient. Because, why did I say this? I tried everything. I always have topics. I tried to prepare in every direction I go, I will, I will not feel comfortable. I, I didn't feel confident. I, until I came back, yeah, to that obedience. So, that's why I think that there is something God is trying or wanting us to learn through talking about obedience to his word. Um, although pastor talked about the various reasons how, why it is important to obey God, what God directed me or is directing me to talk about is how we obey God completely. Yeah, without, because it's absolutely necessary that we obey without withholding anything completely. It is extremely difficult, but he wants us to do that. Yeah, and that is why we will listen to his word, and then we will ask him and pray that he gives us the strength that is needed to be able to obey completely. Like I said before, I strongly believe that God is leading us to the message of obedience for a purpose. If you check out, last week, our discipleship class was about sin. And sin is the result of disobedience. Today again, it is sin. I told God, please, let me talk about other things. But I did not feel comfortable bringing other topics. Yeah. So that's why. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, from the deepest place in my heart, I plead with us, including myself, I'm not talking only to you, to myself as well, for us to search deep. There is a reason why obedience is keep on being the topic. God is also talking to me and talking to you. Let us search deep in ourselves. Let us identify those areas. What, what, what I'm talking about here is, it's not that you're not obeying God, but probably you are not obeying completely. Yes, that is it. So that means there are still some places, some parts, some areas of our life where we might maybe ignorantly just do what is contrary to the word of God. Believing that that is not too significant, you know, God will understand all these things. No, he said we should obey completely. Yes. So let us, in the course of this, but also in the in when you meditate on what 
on what we learned from discipleship class and also what we learned from the three, uh, uh, three uh, part series of uh, just obey God. When you meditate, think about those things that is holding you back. Those things, those part of our life that is still leading us not to obey, that is still the part that is so difficult. You, your, yourself, you know it. I myself, I know particularly what the ones that are, that are doing difficult for me. Let us search our soul and struggle. Try, because he will help us. Try to, try to obey him completely in those areas. Yes, it's true, we are human. But he requires us because he said that you, he, he will not leave you alone to do it. He will give you the strength, the power. But you need to ask. You need to, need, you need to re- recognize that there is somewhere failing and that we need to obey. obey uh, that you need to obey and you need strength from him before he comes in. That's why he said, ask and you shall receive. If you don't ask, you're not receiving. Yeah, there I am definitely. I am, I've made up my mind that I will search deep in me to find out those areas that still need to be tackled and then to show full obedience to God's words. Amen. So what is disobedience we are talking about? According to Holman's Illustrated Bible Dictionary, yeah, this is purely Bible Dictionary, so biblical obedience means to hear God's word and act accordingly. A secular definition of uh, obedience suggests that it is an idea of surrendering or submitting, submitting completely to a higher authority. So in biblical term, obedience, all this grammar we are speaking, talking about sin, it simply, it simply means doing what God says. The way the definition looks simple is not the way acting on it looks, uh, is simple. But by his grace, we will be able to deal with that. Amen. According to Charles Stanley, he's a pastor in, uh, in Touch Ministry, um, in America. <clears throat> One of his books that I come across, he talks about the fact that obedience, obedience is doing what God says when he says it, for whatever reason he says it, and with whom he says it. There is no room for passivity or playing around it. In short, if we believe God, then we must obey him. He alone is God, period. There is no discussion about that. From the beginning, God made the issue of obedience clear and unequivocal. Let us look at Exodus 23, please. I know our technical team, I didn't give you the Bible verses, but um, I trust the competence that God has given you guys. Exodus 23. You shall not circulate a false report. Do not put your hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous. No, that is not correct. 23. Yes. You shall have no other gods before me. There is no discussion about it. It's straight. It's said very clearly Yeah, that 
Moses went up the mountain to get instructions from God and came down with a very clear, definite message. No other gods. That means obey me completely. There is nothing you have to withhold from me. There is no gray area, no if or no but. That is why there is need for us to obey completely. God did not even suggest that Moses calls the elders to discuss if it will suit them or not. Or if there is any way that we amend it so that it accommodates some of the things that their, their, their usual um, uh, behaviors or tradition or whatever. No. No other God before me. Yeah? No other God except me. Yeah. So, loving or obeying God was to be all-consuming. In Deuteronomy 6, 5, he said, with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your strength, everything in you to obey God completely. It's not easy. The call for total and complete obedience is also clear in the New Testament because I know that I've only shown us the uh, Old Testament. Jesus has come, yes. Yeah, so in the New Testament as well, for example, in Matthew 10.38, Jesus made it very clear that anyone who does not take up their cross and follow him or me is not worthy of me. In verse 39, he says, whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses it, loses his life for my sake will find it. The point Jesus is driving at here is very clear. He was making it clear here that complete obedience to God carries the mandate of full surrender. Yeah? To him, we must obey completely. Then the question is, if all these things are clear, of course, a lot of uh, Bible verses made it very clear that we must obey completely. Why do we then find it difficult to obey God completely? Why is it difficult for man to obey God completely? If you look at um, the what uh, we were discussing in the Bible uh, uh, discipleship class, you will also understand that it's also difficult. Why is it so difficult? Yeah? <clears throat> that for us to obey him completely as he demands. Why do we always have excuses? Why do we find way to rationalize things that are not what he told us to do in order for us to do it? The first answer to this question could be, there, there, there could be many answers to it, but the first answer could be the fact that all have sinned and come short of glory of God. We inherited a sinful nation from Adam and Eve. A sinful nation which hates God. A sinful nation which hates his commandments. A sinful nation which often pretends to obey God, obeying Him scantily, yeah, showing that He's obeying His commandment. That is the sinful nation that we have. That might be the reason why it's so difficult for us to obey God. That is also a legitimate reason. We all sin and come short of the glory of God. The sin came from one man. 
in the earth to corrupt all of us and we were condemned. But something happened after that. Yeah, I wish we all know as children of God. This is very clear. Yeah, in, in Romans 5, verse 12. Very clear there. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. Then verse 15, please. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Verse 18 as well of it. Therefore, as through one no, verse 18, yeah, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Yes. We all sin and came short glory of God. We were sinful. We, we cannot do anything about it. But then, one man, the only begotten son of Jesus Christ, of God, Jesus Christ, came down and died that we may be free. He has redeemed us. Yes, his grace abound. But then in Romans 6, 1 to 2 or to 3, the question was, because of this, are we going to stay in sin so that the grace, the grace will abound? He said, certainly not. We are not going to stay. So, it is a call for us to obey God. As we have been um, freed from the bondage of sin, we need to be yoked together to learn as Christ and walk as Christ has walked in total obedience. Christ should be that pattern, that model that we must copy. It is not easy as it was also not easy for Christ, which we will look at. But that is the only reason why we are here. We must be like Christ. We must work to be like Christ because we are going to co-inherit the kingdom with him. We must do everything possible to be like that. If we are not able to do it, that means we are not really doing what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And it's very difficult and doubtful whether we'll be able to get to that price that all of us are struggling to get. Yeah, and that is the kingdom of God. A second answer to the question of why can't we obey God fully? Why can't human obey God fully? Why can't man obey God fully? The second answer lies or could lie in the fact that we often engage in insincere obedience. And insincere obedience is not obedience to God. And it's not full obedience to God. Insincere obedience is when your act of obeying God is purely based on self-serving purposes. It's purely based on showing off. It's purely based on your outward actions. Yeah, so that um, I'm coming to church. The fellowship that God ordained 
that we must fellowship together to strengthen our faith, to strengthen ourselves. That we, we come to it purposely, not because of really what God said, but because for me to show other people that I am going to church, or for me to show pastor that I am there present anywhere, that is, then it, it is not obedience. We might be thinking that it's, uh, we are obeying, but we are not obeying. As far as it is not from uh, your inside of you. Obedience involves genuine attitude. And when I say attitude, attitude is the predisposition in certain belief. Predisposition towards certain belief, certain thinking, certain way of life. It is not yet action. It is inside you. It is how you feel, how you believe. But then, behavior or action is then the manifestation of that what you believe outside or manifestation. Uh, it carries the active a part of it that people can see. So, obedience to God is both attitude and action. Without that, we can never say that we are completely obeying God as he commanded us to do. Rather, what we are doing will be the insincere obedience. The question is, what is your motivation for obeying God? What is your motivation for doing everything that you are doing? What is your motivation for serving in the house of God? What is your motivation for talking about God? Is it to show up? In all of us, we we can decide that what it means for us. When it is not from inside of you, then it is not obedience to God. It is not genuine. Obedience must be genuine. For example, <clears throat> there are a lot of examples in the Bible abound for the insincere obedience. But for example, when I used to, when I talk to students, in graduation ceremonies, for example, you get some students to talk about um, what it feels like graduating in a, in a university. And um, <clears throat> one of the examples here, uh, is, uh, one of the things that they, they normally say, they, there's some of them, one of them said, um, um, I finally made it. It is a good thing, too, yeah, that um, if I had blown it, if I had really messed up, my parents would have killed me. <laughs> or sometimes when I ask in, in, in the class, but why? It's not, it's not difficult to do this assignment. Why didn't you submit it? I, I'm just here. It's just because of my parents. I, this is actually not what I wanted. And I don't, I don't, this is just because of my parents. If not, I will not be here. Really? That is a different thing. That is the motivation is the fear of parents and not really your love or your passion for that what you're doing. The same way it is here. Then uh, in a graduation ceremony, a student, a foreign student, for it, um, a foreign student uh, gave a speech that what he said, I want to express my deepest appreciation to my parents for loving me and for giving me opportunity to get an education. I want to do everything I can to show them how much I love them and to make them proud of me. For example, this is a speech. This one is very clear. 
what there is a big difference between these two. Yeah, and that is also the way that we often. I, I know that I'm talking to Christians. It's a different thing to talk to unbelievers. Christians, we are obeying. There is no big deal about it. But the thing is that are we obeying completely? Are there those things that are hidden? Those things that is difficult that is holding you back from obeying completely? Those things will make all the rest of obedience that we have done to nothing. That is the problem. That is the problem. That is the problem. I know it's difficult. For me, it's also difficult. But I'm praying. I'm asking God. Help me so that I will obey totally without withholding anything. In Second Chronicle 25.2, yeah, uh, we don't need to read it, but then King uh, Amaziah, um, who was uh, king of Israel, uh, was described uh, as a king who did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. And thereby, he becomes insincere obedience to God. It's your attempt to obey God, self-serving. Then, you are engaging in insincere obedience. Is it not genuine? Is then you are uh, 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 engaging in insincere obedience that nullifies other obedience that you have shown to God and God's word. Yeah. <laughs> A third answer to this to this question of why can't we obey God completely lies in the fact that we often engage in partial obedience to God. Partial obedience is the greatest enemy to obedience to God. Yeah? When we start allowing things, we call ourselves Christians, but when we start allowing things in our lives that do not fit our identity in Christ. Whatever it is, however small it is, we learned in our, in our discipleship class that sin is sin. Disobedience is disobedience, no matter how small it is. Whether you know it or you don't know it. Yeah. So when we start allowing things, that means we are partially disobeying God. Uh, we are partially obeying uh, uh, we are doing partial obedience, which is not the right obedience. When we become selective, we try to obey for the things that um, that uh, favor us or that we are convenient with, and then things uh, that uh, we are not convenient with, we continue to do it and we try to find a justification for it. Yeah. When, for example, you go to a party, the pastor was there. Um, pastoral support team were there remembers and then no drink no cigarette immediately they leave you pick up the drink and uh, you, I'm not saying drink is a bad thing yeah? but yeah of course no it's not bad you can drink but then when you drink too much there is a problem then yeah then once they leave then you start that is partial obedience to Or when in the presence of um, children of God like you are, you do things fine, but when it goes inside, it becomes a different thing. It's a struggle. It's difficult. I know it, but we need to overcome it. If not, we are ruining the rest of the things that we have been obeying for. Examples, 
um, Saul, we all know how his partial obedience has led him to, um, he wanted to keep the plunder, uh, the, the things he carried, and then keep the king alive against the instruction of the Lord. In another biblical one is Ananias, Ananias and Sapphira, we all are aware of it. God loves us unconditionally and has wonderful plan for our lives if we follow him wholeheartedly. The journey will not be easy. Yeah, it will be difficult. Yeah, but he will see us through. How do we obey completely? Because I'm looking at the time now. Number one, Jesus is the pattern. Yeah, it's our pattern, our role model for obedience. And we should look up to him. In John 4, 3, when Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman, or let me put it this way, after talking to Samaritan woman and he came back, he, uh, the disciples were asking him questions about what he would eat and so, and he explained that John 4, 3, yeah, yeah, uh, 34, not, yeah, 34, sorry. John 4, uh, 34, yes. He, he explained that my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Uh, his work. He, is say, he was saying that obeying his father brought him fulfillment. Not the approver, not uh, how people followed him, how people saw him, how the Samaritan woman was able to acknowledge and start talking about him as if what? Because he fulfilled what the will of God that he was sent to do. That is the very, very important. Uh, um, this would have been uh, uh, this would have been insincere obedience if uh, he purposely, the, the purpose was, um, or what gives him joy was because of the approval of people recognizing him as the Messiah. Yeah, that is the problem. In Hebrew 5.8, or Hebrew 5.8 shows us that Jesus learned obedience from the things he suffered. This does not mean that, the, he sin, uh, that Jesus sinned at one point and therefore had to learn to obey. No. What it means is that in his human nation, he learned from experience the costly impact, the costly result of full obedience when he was crucified on the cross. Showing us that, yes, <coughs> there, there will be also sacrifice for it, generally, when we want to obey totally. But we have to do that because that is the only way that we will fulfill the mandate that we have been given. Obeying God completely does not happen automatically. It has to be learned and put into practice in both our attitude, like I said, and in our action. Please, if we do not go home today with anything, let us go home with the fact that obedience to God, obeying his words, listening to his uh, words and obeying it, acting or doing the things that he commanded us to do must be both in attitude and in action. That is the only way it will be complete obedience. The same way Jesus did it as our role model. So, how do we learn to obey completely? First of all, is that we need to choose to trust him. Learning to obey God completely involves choosing to trust God 100%. If we don't trust God, we won't obey him. What is then trusting God? The thing is that um, whenever we talk about trust in God, we remember or we think about when I'm in difficulties, I must hope on him and wait for him to answer, which is correct as well. Very, very important. This is also a sign of trust. But also a sign of trust to God 
is also any time you are in you are tempted to disobey a part, in particular area of the word of God and you were able you were able to resist it then you are trusting God you are showing trust not only when you wait on him to provide for you but when you were able to resist temptation when you were able to resist all the arrows that we talk about here trying to lead you to sin you are also able to show trust in God. The solution is active. To actively choose to believe that God is who he says he is. And that he will do what he has promised. It's always difficult when you are in difficulty. In, in difficult, but you have to do it if you believe in God. We must look at temptation as our personal enemies. And then be always prepared to get it to cross uh, or to run away from it to overcome it yeah, to resist it because that shows uh, tr that we trust God we must always meditate the second uh, way is meditate upon his word every day I know that we talk about this every time every time but that is the only way even though we talk about it every time we don't do it often all of us yeah that is the problem so but that is the only way that we can achieve uh, we will know his will. We will know where he wants us to go to. Yeah. It's the primary means through which God leads us. His words in the Bible. We should always search the scriptures for passages that clarify his will and give us guidance. When Joshua needed guidance, God commanded him to meditate on the word day and night. And that was the way he was able to be guided. In prayers, we ask, we must ask God to show us what He wants for our lives, because we don't know. We cannot say we know it all. He is the only one that can reveal it. And then make sure that we not only that we ask Him, we also we are patient enough to wait for His instruction and His time. That is the only way to obey God. It's difficult, but that is the only way that we will make it. Another one is, the third one is that we need to walk the way. Even when the way is not clear. Yes. God directs us, but sometimes it doesn't give full pictures. This is not the first time you are hearing it. Pastor talks about it every time. We talk about it every time. But now it's about putting it into practice. When Pastor calls you up, to a ministry or to a particular activity the voice of God is giving you instruction it is not clear where it will lead you to yeah it might not be your area of activity but obey so that God will make it more clear to you you don't know where it's leading you to the same way when you get instruction from your through your dreams obey and let him direct you more. Because that was how he instructed Abraham and by faith Abraham obeyed. Let us leave every consequence or the consequences to God. As far as it's from him there is no way he will leave you in the middle of the ocean and left you alone. Yes, he will always provide. He will always guide. He will always lead. I experience it every day in my life. I think I 
who am I that you direct, that you lead, that you show me the way, even when it's not clear, even when um, I doubt in my mind, yet you, give, you lead me, and then uh, at the end of the day, I always have a cause to glorify his name because he led me to that. That is the way to obey God completely. And finally, obeying God completely requires obedience in totality of oneself. What does that mean? Obedience with our mind, that is meditating every time in his word, focusing purely, our, our mind must be surely focused on the things that glorify the name of the Lord. We must stop watching, reading things that do not align with God's principles. I'm not saying you must not read news or whatever, all those, those things. As far as it does not contradict the principles of, or, or, or uh, does not, um, as far as it aligns with the principles of God or it does not contradict it, yeah, fine. We must obey with all our minds. Obedience with our body completely. God created it. Jesus died for it. And then the spirit, the spirit lives in it. It is the temple of the Almighty. We must cherish it. We must do it. We must prepare it in a way that glorifies the name of the Lord. We must obey God with our talents. If you have something you are good at, if you have something that you are contemplating of liking, not that you have done it before, but why not come out and obey God with it? He is calling you to do something for him through that, what you are thinking that you like. Why not come out to obey? Obeying completely means obeying God with your talents. Obeying God completely again means obedience with all your goals and objectives. Whatever it is that is your plan, whatever it is that you want to do, whatever it is that you, 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 uh, you have set your plans on, have you thought or think about it or have you asked God whether that what you are planning to do is aligned to his purpose and plan for your life. That is the way to obey God. There is no other way. I know some people when uh, they come to pastor, uh, they have a plan, they talk to pastor, pastor is telling them what God is revealing about it. No, they have made up their mind. You are just, I came here actually, that is what is going in their mind. I came here for you to confirm it and you are trying to tell me something else. No, and they go. No, that is not how to obey, obey God. Or also, even when you didn't go to pastor or go to any man of God, in your mind, in your dreams, in different ways that God talked to you, he is showing you that this is not aligned to the plan I have for you yet. Because of our loss, because of whatever we want to achieve personally, then we ignore that. That is not how to obey God. We must obey God. Obedience also with our goals and objectives. Obedience with our finances. Yes, we must obey God with the property, with the finance that we have in order to support the work of God. Yes, very, very important. Yeah. <coughs> and everybody needs to think about that. God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah. Do you know why he has given you that money? Do you know why he has given us that job? Yeah, that we are doing. Do you listen to your mind? Do you listen and try to see if God is telling you something about that, what you have? We must also obey God in this area. Yeah. 
obeying completely means obeying also with our finances, obeying with what we have to support the work of God. Amen. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, yeah, I've already a bit over the time. I want us, please, to think deeply. Let us not just take it as usual. Yeah. Please, let us continually reflect in us and try. The problem is that we don't try. I know myself. The problem is that sometimes I don't try because I know the person I'm serving that if I try, that he will help me to overcome. The problem is that we don't even try at all. Let us seek deep and look at those things that will prevent us from being totally obedient to God and ask him to help us. I want us to stand on our feet. I want us to pray one point of prayer. I know that I've been a bit late. You know yourself more than I know you, but God knows you more. Tell God in any way that I am failing in obedience to you. Even things that look ordinary, but it is contrary to the word of God. May he give you the strength. May he give me the strength. May he give me the revelation that I may recognize them and give me the strength to be able to overcome it. Tell God that, mighty king of glory, Father, I call upon your name, O God. Father in heaven, may you reveal to me. May you show me, O God. May you direct me, O God, even when I don't know it, O God. Father, that I may see, O God, and I may desire, mighty king of glory, Father, to overcome it. I may desire, mighty Father in king of glory, O God. Father in heaven, to overcome that, O God. Father, to be able to obey completely, O God. To be able to remove those aspects, mighty king of glory, that make me not to obey completely, O God that your name will be glorified, oh God. Father, I don't want to run this race, oh God. Father, I have and go empty-handed, oh God. I don't want to run this race, oh mighty King of glory. And at the end of the day, oh God, I will not be where I'm supposed to be, oh God. Father,